Hi, friends. How's everybody doing? It's good to see your faces, albeit on a screen. Uh, and happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to my mom. Happy Mother's Day, Mom Miller. Happy Mother's Day to my amazing wife, who mothers our children so well. Um, uh, a few weeks ago, my wife told me every day is Mother's Day. So we'll just celebrate it extra today, um, day to celebrate our moms. Uh, I also want to name and just recognize that this can be a, a difficult day for many. If you grew up in an abusive home, or if you've struggled with infertility, or if you have an estranged child, or if you've lost a child. Uh, so wherever you find yourself today, uh, please know you are loved. We are with you and you are held in the arms of our creator God, who is both the best father and mother we could ever imagine. Um, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be with you all in this way. And uh, Gary's been following the, the lectionary, which is a series of biblical texts that people all around the world follow. Um, and uh, he's primarily been using the text out of First Peter. And so I want to continue uh, that series through First Peter with you today. But I wanted to start this morning with the gospel text uh, for a couple of minutes. Um, we're in a season that the church has historically referred to as Easter tide. Uh, so it's kind of like riding the wave of Easter and where we continue to celebrate resurrection. Uh, that resurrection is real. It's real in your life and it's hardwired into the rhythm of the universe. Uh, I also recognize we're living through an unprecedented time where it doesn't always feel a whole lot like resurrection right now, does it? Uh, how many people feel like we're still in Lent in some way? Like, hey, I gave up some things for Lent, but we're still giving up a whole lot of things uh, right now, aren't we? Um, or maybe it even feels like Holy Saturday. We're, we're still in the grave anticipating resurrection. Uh, so I was interested to see that the gospel text in the lectionary today is a text just prior to Jesus's death in John 14, and it opens with these words, Jesus speaking to his disciples who are very troubled. And he says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Uh, do not let your hearts be troubled. Uh, I'm wondering this morning, what is troubling you? Um, would you be willing to put that in the chat feature? What's troubling you or, or who might you be concerned for in this season? And I wonder, as these things pop up in the chat, uh, could we all in our own hearts, we're all in different places geographically, uh, but could we all join our hearts together as we look at these things that are troubling folks and lift them up? Uh, to God uh, as a community of people uh, for the sake of each other. Um, our parents' health. Many people, I'm sure, resonate with that one. What else? 
what's troubling you. Friend leaving work to be there for her troubled children and family. Friends struggling financially. Missing my mom. My previous builder's lawyer is troubling me. Children getting COVID-19. Emotional distance from close friends. Wishing we could do more for others. My sick friend, my friend who has just lost her mama. People living alone. Not good to go two months without a hug. Yeah. Division in our world pushing us apart. her out, be safe, people not ever going back to their old jobs, missing my son's graduation that has been canceled, he's across the country, missing my mom, haven't seen her since December, our kids not being able to hug their grandparents. Yeah. So God, we lift these things up to you, knowing that you are the God who meets us in our troubles. And you are the God who most fully revealed yourself in and through Jesus, who says, do not let your hearts be troubled. God, uh, by your spirit, empower us to receive that today, to receive your peace, and to release our troubles to you. God, we pray for uh, those most affected, for frontline workers, for doctors and nurses and essential workers and grocery store workers and cleaners and God, we pray for the most vulnerable, the elderly and minorities and the immune compromised, for those who are lonely and single and afraid. And for those of us who just want this to be over, uh, we offer these troubles to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, Gary wrapped up 1 Peter uh, chapter 1. I want to dive into 1 Peter chapter 2 with you this morning. Uh, the lectionary text actually begins with uh, chapter 2, verse 2, but I, I'm going to start with verse 1 because who would who would want to skip this? It says, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Uh, why would we want to skip over those things? Um, the first word, therefore. Uh, and when you read a text and the word therefore is there, you always ask, what's it there for? Uh, and so we should reflect back on Gary's message from a couple of weeks ago. And one of the big things that stuck out to me is when Peter says, love one another deeply from the heart. And when we are embodying the love of God, when we are loving one another deeply from the heart, it becomes pretty difficult to have malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Uh, these are things we pick up along the way. And Peter is saying, you were born for love. 
but all too often the broken places within us get in the way of what we were made for. Um, malice, uh, who in your life do you hold a grudge against? Deceit, uh, where are you not being completely honest with yourself or with others? Hypocrisy, where are you not being your true self? Slander, uh, who have you spoken about in an unkind way? Uh, Peter says to rid yourself of these things. And this is not a shame-based statement. This is a statement for our own mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. When we hold these types of feelings, emotions, postures, and resentments, it is incredibly unhealthy for us and for those around us. <coughs> Brain studies have shown us that we tend to focus on problems at the expense of focusing on hope or gratitude. Uh, we dwell on bad experiences long after the fact and spend vast amounts of energy on bad experiences and vast amount of energy focused on what may go wrong in the future. These brain studies are showing us that negative or stressful experiences get imprinted on the brain immediately and we continue to focus on them Whereas hope-filled experiences or moments of gratitude require us to focus on them or reflect on them for a minimum of 15 seconds before it leaves any imprint in the neurons. So I want to encourage us, uh, what, what is the good and the beautiful you are experiencing in this season? Uh, we shared some things that are troubling us. Can we share in the chat feature some things we're grateful for in this season? What are, where are you seeing God in this season? Uh, where are you seeing hope and goodness uh, in the midst of everything going on in this season? Spring sounds and sights. Time to paint. Nice, Cashy. The relationships I have with people, love with family, extra time with family, all the creativity I see, more time with baby, nice. Extra time with family, beauty of everything spring, home to be working, my God, pals, time off for home stuff, that's great. Music, time to walk every day, more pets being fostered and adopted, shelters emptying, more attention to creation, spending time with my daughters and getting to be a friend to them as well as a mom, slow down, less driving, yes, being pushed to the edge so I'm reminded what is actually important. Spending lots of time with Grayson and Wes, living in such a beautiful area, solitude, developing myself, this is great. Thank you so much for sharing. So I, I want to encourage us to take time to focus on these things. How, how many people's phones are filled with pictures of good memories? And then how often do you actually go back and look at those? So, so I wonder if this week maybe you take some time to look back at some pictures and reflect and recall good memories or just sit and be present 
to the goodness that's right in front of you. Uh, Peter continues in verse two, he says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Uh, like newborn babies, Peter is calling us back to that which we were born for, uh, to crave, to long for spiritual milk. Uh, we are holistic beings. We are invited to form our interior lives in the way of Jesus and see everything as sacred. When Peter says grow into salvation, it's not a one and done. Uh, for too long, Christianity has often made life about a conversion experience, but Peter makes it clear here that our salvation is something we grow into. It is an ever-expanding view of God, salvation, and the kingdom, an ever-expanding vision of reality, of the ground of our being. Uh, the seed of faith is implanted within all of us, and we're invited to drink spiritual milk and wake up to that which by sheer grace is already planted within us and to grow and expand our view and understanding of God and the depths of our own soul. This is an invitation to wake up to that which we were made for. This is about waking up souls to how God has created them, that which is deepest within us, that which is of God. Uh, Peter says, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. We as humans are fundamentally hungry beings, aren't we? Uh, we're made to be hungry for God. Uh, think about your favorite flavors, uh, the things you most like to eat or to drink. Uh, Jesus talks about how we are invited to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Or as the psalmist says, as the deer pants for water, so my soul longs after you. We are fed by God. We are nourished by God. If God is good and you're created in God's image, goodness in you outweighs brokenness. Breathe that in. Breathe in the goodness and let go of all that is not of God the things Peter invites us to rid ourselves of. Uh, Peter continues in verse four and five saying, as you come to him, that's Jesus, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So there's a metaphor shift here from milk to living stones. Christ, the living stone, a living stone, not dead, alive and active. And we too are living stones. We're little Christ's. Similar to this, Jesus declared, I am the light of the world. And then later he would say, you are the light of the world. Peter, later in another letter, in 2 Peter, says that we are partakers of the divine nature. Just think about that for a moment. This goes back to creation. 
we are God-soaked and we live in a God-soaked universe created in the image of God. We are living stones built together. Uh, we are better together than we are as autonomous individuals. One stone doesn't make a home. Many stones are built into a dwelling place. We're each created uniquely, and yet our uniqueness is meant to come together in the beauty of community and make a home. And we are called a holy priesthood, or what Peter will say later in verse 9, a royal priesthood. And we are growing into our salvation, growing into our awareness, and we are building a home. I think we all share a desire, a longing to find our way home. Uh, I meet with and interact with a lot of people who I would describe as spiritually homeless. And there's a deep longing within each of us to find home. And while there's a lot of imagery here in this text from the Hebrew scriptures about the temple, I think Paul, Peter is also referring here to our call to be built into a place where folks feel at home around us. Uh, you know, Gary often refer, says, welcome home uh, when talking about our church family. Uh, when the church is at its best, it is a place that folks feel comfortable around us feel welcomed, feel loved and valued. When we are a non-judgmental presence in the lives of others, creating a safe, healing, and hope-filled space, it is like a homecoming. The sense of, ah, I'm at home with these folks. I have friends who do not believe in God, and uh, pre-COVID days, uh, would often text me and say, are you going to church today? Uh, and what they mean by church is the local tap room where we hang out. It's a place where people feel at home, feel comfortable in their own skin, where no one is judged, uh, where they can be themselves. Imagine a place like that. Frederick Buechner says this, sometimes by the grace of God, I have it in me to be Christ to other people, the life-giving and healing power to be saints, to be Christ's, maybe at rare moments, even to ourselves. I believe that it is when that power is alive in me and through me that I come closest to being truly home. I cannot claim that I have found the home I long for every day of my life, not by a long shot, but I believe in my heart I have found and have maybe always known the way that leads to it and that the home we long for and belong to is finally where Christ is. I believe that home is Christ's kingdom which exists both within and among us as we wend our prodigal ways through the world in search of it. Think about the words Peter uses to declare who we are. Living stones, holy priesthood, spiritual house. Uh, we're invited to be built together in the, in the divine flow 
and build something beautiful to bring hope and healing and beauty and love to the world. What if we saw all of life as sacred? Our work, our relationships, our interactions with others, our cooking and cleaning and walking and exercising, all of it as a spiritual act of worship. 15 plus years ago, the singer-songwriter Shanae O'Connor quit doing music. Uh, she said she was done. And there's a story that during this time, she took a couple of seminary classes at, at a Catholic seminary. And in one of the classes, an Old Testament class, I think it was, uh, the professor was talking about the prophets and the Psalms and about exile. And as he was teaching, he made his way over to her desk and kind of pounded on her desk and said, why don't you write music about that? Well, she did. In 2007, she released the album titled Theology. And so as the pastor, of course, I went right out and bought it and couldn't stop listening to it for a long time. So many of the songs are taken verbatim straight out of scripture. There are songs based off the Psalms, uh, a song right out of the Song of Solomon, and tons of biblical imagery. Uh, the very first song on the album is one she wrote called Something Beautiful, and it is in many ways a love song to God. She had largely given up on music, and then she was inspired to do this whole album, and the song opens, I want to make something beautiful for you and from you to show you I adore you. Uh, I love that line, for you and from you, because she's recognizing that everything she has to offer has already been given to her as a grace gift. Uh, might I ask, what is your love song to God? What is the something beautiful you long to make or do for God that God has already planted within you? Who has God created you to be, and what is the overflow of that? What is the participation you are invited into in the building of the spiritual home of God? We are living stones being built into a spiritual house, God's home. Each one of us is a part of that, and each one of us is invited to contribute, to participate in bringing God's love and healing to the world. In ancient days, God commissioned Aaron to be a priest and offer sacrifices, but now we are all called to offer sacrifices, not on an altar, but the self-giving love of God, a life of love for the sake of the world. Uh, the main sacrifice we are invited to offer is our very selves. We don't like that very much because to sacrifice our lives requires a death of sorts. See, we want resurrection experiences without death experiences, but we can't have resurrection without death. As the text continues uh, in verses six through nine, there's a lot of images here from the Hebrew scriptures. Peter is quoting from the Hebrew scriptures. He's drawing from Isaiah and from Exodus. And in Isaiah 43, the Hebrew people are in exile. And while in exile, God wants people to know that they are loved and cared for, a people belonging to God. Verse 9 says, you are a chosen people. 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Just think about those images for a while. Chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation, special possession, called out of darkness into God's wonderful light. Uh, of all people, Aldous Huxley said this, let us not forget grace exists on every level. There is spiritual grace, the awareness of God, the awareness of the finite as in some sort of manifestation of the total infinite. And again, we have to get out of the way and uneclipse ourselves to permit the light to come through. How do we get ourselves out of the way? Put ourselves into a position where we can collaborate with grace. What does it look like for us to truly see ourselves as living stones being built into a home where everyone feels loved, welcomed, accepted, affirmed, where everyone feels at home? As we move to the Lord's table, to communion, and reflect on the self-giving love of God shown to us in and through Jesus, this image of being broken and poured out for the sake of the world, I simply invite each of us to ask a couple of questions. In what way is God inviting you to be broken and poured out for the sake of the world? What is the contribution God is inviting you into as you participate with all of us in the building of a spiritual home, of a safe, healing, loving, and hope-filled place where everyone is welcomed and loved? On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Take it and eat it in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of the new covenant. So this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Take it and drink it in remembrance of me. And so today, if you have uh, bread and juice or wine or uh, whatever you can find, uh, may you know that the body of Christ and the blood of Christ were given for you.